Welcome back to another episode of IB. What's going on? I'm Aiden. I'm Hello. I am Gregory. So, mates, today we're gonna talk about the humanities. Probably. <laughs> and once again, our dear, 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 dear. It really sounds like she's dead. Dear. <laughs> I mean, in this video, she technically is our little, be- our beloved little mermaid, forever missed and reminisced in our hearts. So we have floundered today to join us. So this episode, we're going to be talking about Group 3 subject, which is your humanities. So, you have your Group 4, which is your science, right? It's nat- called natural science. Humanities is your social science. So, social science such as economics, geography, history, business, stuff like that. But, and... Uh, because psychology is part of this. Psychology yeah. is part of it. So is anthropology, I believe. Oh, yes. Anthro- These are the subjects IB offers, but we're going to focus on the main three that most people take, which is economics, geography, and history. One thing to clarify, it's the same as your group four science, which is, it's compulsory to take at least one subject from this group. And then you can be like him and take two. And be a full-fledged human. Student. I would have taken three if I didn't have to take a science. Let's discuss econs first, right? Okay, so let me just start off by saying you'll be learning about this phrase very often, something called the invisible hand of the market, where it manipulates everything with your price, your demand, your supply, and that is the reason why we cannot get chickens and chicken rice in Singapore. Yeah, malicious chicken rice. So anyway, economics, it has four units. Unit one, which is the introduction to economics, which is basically useless and we usually mm-hmm. skip over it. No, no, we don't skip over it. It's just... We gloss over it briefly. We go through and then we move on quickly. Unit two will be about microeconomics, basically within each market for each good or service. So for example, we'll be learning about how different things affect the price of chicken solely. Unit three will be about macroeconomics. So we're learning about how different things within the market and economy affects the country. Yes. But unit two, microeconomics is very focused onto a specific market. Say like the market for oil within a certain country. You're not talking about the market for oil globally. That will be under unit three and unit four, which is macroeconomics and the global economy for unit four. So that's for SL and HL. You pretty much have the same topics. HL, however, has like uh, chapters that are specific to HL only, such as market failure and socially undesirable outcomes. Sounds very daunting, but honestly, it's pretty straightforward if you take the time to understand. We call these content additions. So for Mm -hmm. example, when you begin, you'll have stuff that SL people don't learn. For example, marginal utility Mm. or things such as like... Critiquing the consumer behaviour and all those stuff. Ah, right. Consumer patterns and how different people react to the market changes based on what behavioural factors. For example, panic buying and panic selling. Socioeconomical behaviour. But yes, that's HR and SL. Very brief, very fast. Moving on to like the external assessment. Uh, for SL, there's only two papers. Lucky them. But, uh, first paper is like an extended response paper. It's 1 hour, 15 minutes, 30%. And you have 25 marks. So you get to choose from three questions and you just need to answer one of them. For paper two, it's 1 hour, 45. It's 40%. It's a data response paper. So they give you an extract. Like a very long extract. Have you done the, the thing? Yes. Yes, it's very long. I've like, seen it, but I haven't done it. It's like four texts and then uh, you have to use that extract 
and you have to supplement it with your knowledge on the theories and stuff like that. So it's the extract like chicken? Yeah, it's specific to... Okay, the one that we just did of a practice paper is on red meat and how consumption of red meat affects the price elasticity of demand in certain regions. I'm throwing out terms that you probably won't understand, but it's very... It'll be like... They, they'll give you data. They'll give you like a table and they'll give you the percentages, stuff like that. Or I could break it down for you. For example... Let's say they'll give you this news article that says, oh, new news article has been published where health studies have um, found that avocados are good for you and are like have beneficial properties. And so this will cause a change in pref- people's preferences. They'll more likely want to buy avocados. And so how does this health paper change the demand for avocados? And how many people want to buy avocados now? You just explain it with a bunch of economical terms such as Right word shift in demand due to non-price determinants. What? Yes. yes. <laughs> a bunch of technical jargon. Very technical. What was yeah. the phrase? What's the phrase that we use? What? Potato sensuous or something. What? Potato potato? No, no. The, the econ thing. Satirous parabus? Ah, satirous potato. No. Satirous platypus. Satirous parabus. It means... Satirous platypus. It's a Latin, I think. It's in Latin. It means holding all variables unchanged. It means whatever they are learning is nonsense. It is a bunch of technical jargon, yes. It, yeah, it's all very theoretical. It's so, an inside yes. craft that only those of a, a techno, I mean, like an intellectual mind will be able to comprehend. Econ teacher, which is what the both of us are taking. Phew. So we have three papers instead of two. Um, the first two are pretty much the same. I'm not going to talk about the percentages. But the third paper is the one that is a bit more interesting because that one is completely calculation. It's like a math paper. So it takes 30% and it's like one hour, 45 minutes. And it's a policy-based paper. So you have to analyze a policy and then you have to uh, use the knowledge that you have, calculate, for example, price elasticity of demand, the value for it, stuff like that. And it is very uh, painful. I'm I'm pretty sure a better comparison is just, you know how EMAF, your real-life application questions, where they have like, for example, oh, this many people buy this many movie tickets. And if you change it to this price, this new many people buy this new many tickets. So what is a good ratio of price that you should put so that you buy, the most people buy your tickets and the most revenue you make? Yeah, it's a more econ-based, econ-leading question than an EMF question, but yes. It's about the same. It's very real-life application. So yes. Do you need economics for uni economics? Uh, it depends. Economics is one of those subjects which is the same as like physics where you can go into the generals which would just be business and business analytics or if you really want to go super in-depth you can actually take it at a higher level later on in university to get a master's or a PhD where you become a super economist major (laughs) just to end up writing economist papers for the economist. I don't understand what he just said. But okay. You will just, just become said. a stupid news reporter who writes about okay, random shush. events in the Why world. Why are you so angry at the world? Come down. Because economics teaches me everything is stupid. <laughs> everything yes. is useless and Do worthless. Do you need econs for the university? No. No, not really. But if you were going specifically into economist fields such as like developmental economists, uh, organizational behavior, labor economics then yes, you would have, it would be preferred if you have this background knowledge already. Um, I think like I watched one video where they were talking about A-levels and economics and one of the guys said, don't quote me on this, but they, he did say that economics that you learn in JC, it will be very similar to the foundational economics you learn in uni in the first few semesters, I think. So 
yes, it will be a good for you to learn this before actually, if you want to like have a taste of what economics is, if you don't know what you want to do in the future, it's good. Or you can just not take econs. That works too. You know. Yes. Anyway, moving on. We're going to talk about IA very briefly. So econs is a bit special. Special. <laughs> it's a bit special. A bit extra. So econs is three IAs. We have three commentaries and each commentary comes from unit two to four, which if you don't remember, it's microeconomics, macroeconomics and the global economy. So you're supposed to make write a commentary on an article relating to one of the key concepts and it has to be 800 words each and it usually spends around 20 teaching hours. Weightage is a bit different for SL and HL. SL is like 30%, HL is 20%. So if you're an SL econ student, you need to do well on these IAs that span your two years because you start in year five, like we're in the midst of doing our first IA draft already. So you need to start fast and you need to do well. It's like each uh, IA is out of 14 marks. If you score like a nine for your first IA, you're in a very dangerous zone already. In order to get a grade seven, you need to score around 11, 12 for everything. Mm-hmm. But and honestly, it's, it's not quite, too bad. It's doable because it's, doable. it's not like... Um, o levels where you must be able to score excellent in order to score the highest possible result. The way that IB Economics IA works is everybody will start off with 14 marks and only if they see that you have made like an error in judgment will they remove your marks. So they try their best to preserve as many marks as possible. As long as you hit the basic requirements of the criterion, you will maintain your marks. True. So it's really just... Every single thing that rubric says, you don't need to do it perfectly, but as long as it is mentioned sufficiently, you will get the marks. So I think they're like criteria A to F, right? The criteria, they really break down what they want from you. So it's very doable. As long as you hit all the criteria, you're going to be fine. FYI, three of the marks are, for example, one mark for staying under 800 words, yeah. one mark for submitting it on time, one mark for your having a provenance, pro- yeah, your for, titles, your stuff. For like. having good formatting. So they really are just, the moment they look at the fact that you have a formatting, it doesn't have to be good. As long as you have a format, you will get the mark. Mm. They are trying their best to preserve as many marks as possible. So just follow the rubrics and help them along. Yeah. HL starts earlier, so we are, it's June holidays now. We are supposed to submit the IA, I think, 1st July. There's a, there's a caveat. You have to choose your article. It is usually an article that is one year from the date you submit your IA. If the, our IA submission date is 1st of July, 2022, that means our article cannot be older than 1st of July, 2021. So that's one thing you need to... Like think of and you cannot use like the same source for example I use straight signs for my first one first IA my second IA I cannot use straight time I have to use like CNA or something so that's for econs enlightening isn't it no, <laughs> no. I want to fall asleep this is so engaging it's time to reach engaging. my favourite subject geography so me being a really smart humanities student I decided to take economics and geography the two most content heavy subjects in the entire IB no, system economics and history uh. history is more no geography heavy. and history are the two most content heavy oh then econs is like not that content heavy it is the second most content heavy okay sure whatever geography geography so the way that geography works is that we have a bunch of um, different themes. So for example, you have weather and climate, coastal areas, geographical hazards, which will include things like volcanoes, landslides, land movements, earthquakes, oh. tsunamis, typhoons and whatnot. You forgot rock. 
a known fact that geographers love rocks. <laughs> in fact, that is actually not true. Because in geography, we have two different sections. You have physical geography and you have human geography. Okay, so moving on. SL contents, out of all of the different themes, you will choose two geographic themes and also one global perspective. Generally, the global perspective chosen is changing population and varying population trends. But for HL content, instead of having two geographic themes, you'll have three of them and also one, geograph one global perspective. So, for your external assessments, aka exams, you'll have two papers and a field work for SL. Your first paper will be one hour and 30 minutes and it's worth 35%. You'll have to choose between either an extended answer question or structural question. Paper 2 is 1 hour and 15 minutes long and it's worth 40%. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It has three structured questions and you get to answer one extended answer question from a choice of two. Basically, structured questions are your SPQs. Extended answer would be your essay at the very final end. And welcome to a new format of essay where in the past you had 8 mark questions and you had 10 mark questions, now you have 15. Oh, if you are wow. struggling to even hit 8 or 10 during O levels like most of the students are, you will definitely not be hitting 15. So you're in the same boat as us. Mm. Oh, okay. Anyways, this is the so real fun part that uh, it's a massive selling point of geography that no other students get to have. It's called field work, which is your geographical investigation or GI. It is supposed to be worth 25% and get this 20 hours of your learning. Wait. Even though IA is only worth 10 hours. Wow. Oh, wow. So not only do you have to go out there to collect data, you have to collect it. If you remember from your geographical investigation, you have to collect it over multiple days to see multiple trends. You need to collect it in day, afternoon, and night. And you need to have like multiple data set points. Just as a FYI, um, I'm not too confident about job IA, but at least for job EEs, you will have basically about a 90-page long EE with a what? bunch of data analysis annotated graphs and whatnot. And this is 3,000 words, mind you. 3,000 words will spend you 90 pages minimally. It's 4,000. It's 4,000 4, words will spend you 90 pages minimally, but most other EEs will only spend you like maybe maximum 30 pages. Does field work require you to like come up with your own RQs? It's an unimportant question. Next question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, it requires us to come up with our own RQs. So it's the same formatting as IA where you need to have your own... Uh, but I'm pretty sure you need to have a reasoning as to why you're trying to go and look at this fact. And after that, you need to go and uh, collect your own data from your own hypothesis, come up with different um, data sets, and after that, find out what could have been improved from your experiment, your field work, and after that, um, whether your hypothesis is supported by your data, and after that, to form a conclusion afterward, which it sounds like quite so a lot of effort. Yeah. But like geography is actually really important if you want. It gives you unlocks a lot of opportunities in the future if you want to go work at places sure. like URA, urban, urban development, or NEA, or like you want to get a geographical scholarship. Uh, uh, can you not scroll down? Thank you oh, very sorry, much. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I've had for, <laughs> for HL. <sighs> what a bunch of bumbling fools. HL, ha ha, HL. For HL geography people, <laughs> um, your paper one will be two hour and 15 minutes, wow. which is now worth 35% and it will be the same format. 
Your paper two is worth one hour and 15 minutes, which is now worth 25%. But this time, it has three structured questions. Oh, it's the exact same. Never mind. Now you have, <laughs> now you have something called paper three, which is one hour and 20%. And it'll be the choice of three extended questions. You need to go and choose two of them, I believe. And that just means you have to write two 15-mark essays. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! Just as an FYI, despite taking full job in O-levels and scoring an A1, not once That's have I ever scored a 10 out of 10 for essays. So, uh, good luck. Maybe you did it. No, like no, no one scores full marks for essays. Oh, no. There are people who score full marks for essays. Okay. Just let me give you a little example of what you're getting into for geography. You really need to have a love for this subject or for me, just absolutely love pain and suffering and crying because... Um, okay. Because... See, right, each chapter or topic outline, you will have basically two, three to four units. And within each unit, you need to have roughly around two case studies. And each case study will give you around like, um, four pages? Four pages long? So if you take HL Geography, you will have roughly four times four times four. For hey, don't you come 64. and compare readings with me, okay? 64. 64 pages worth of oh, case studies. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. No, 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 no. 64 pages worth of condensed case studies. And let me just give you an example. For your geography essay that you're using in O-levels, your Tohoku 2011 earthquake and tsunami would be roughly around 1.5 pages long. So you need to take your whole entire weather essay and times it up by a lot. It is quite a lot to write. And... You know how in O-levels, we only had to do two SPQ questions out of the four SPQ questions where you have like question one with all the way from part A to part E. Now you have three questions in the, in, in exact, you used to have one hour. Now we have one hour and four. Wait, no, you used, you used to have one hour, 30 minutes. Now we have two hours and 15. So your arms will break even more. It's, <laughs> it's more writing intensive than history actually. Believe it or not. Are you sure? No, it is. Okay, which one, which one? Casual, casual. Like? I, took, I took both history and no, geography. No, no, no. Casual deviation. Form. Which one has the most writing? Geography, history, or social studies? History and geography have equal amounts of writing, but geography has to write faster. Social studies? Social studies is nowhere close. Social studies, I had extra 30 minutes left in the exams. Geography, I don't even have enough time to finish. You're kidding. So, what uni and career pathways are there? If you have been following the, move, the global movement on global climate change, we have been caring a lot about sustainabilities. And so, two new upcoming job prospects in the future that we could definitely see would be one, computer engineering or computer sciences, anything that has to do with programming, and two, anything that has to do with sustainability. So if you take geography, actually your job prospects are looking pretty good in the future because you'll be at the forefront of all of these leading technologies and places where all of the big businesses and countries are actually, and industries are actually beginning to work towards zero emissions and you could be part of that movement to help. Hey, econs. Econs. Yeah. <laughs> so if you take both econs and geography, like not him. only do you know how to go and solve the issues, you know how to make money out of it. Uh, okay. Geography IA is basically our field work, which I already mentioned above. And it's just a whole entire um, science report except on the world. Excellent. Yes, on the world and its interactions between each other. So you have human geography and physical geography. Physical geography will be teaching you about weather and climate and how to 
combat global climate change. Human geography will be things like urban planning, how to make sure that the world doesn't have too high of an old dependency ratio, which basically just means too many old people to too many young, I mean to too little young people, how we can support our current lifestyle without making too many changes, to how to fully utilize all of our resources and whatnot. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's geography. So Moving on to history. I love geography. The best subject, obviously. I took history and I still think geography is better. Okay, well, your opinion doesn't matter here. Yeah, oh history teaches gosh. you that nobody's opinions matters. <laughs> history is written by the winners. Uh, okay, anyway. So, moving on to history. So, for your SL history, which is what I take, you have, a, you have to study of one prescribed subject from a choice of five. Then you have to study two world history topics from a choice of twelve. And then your I Yeah. Wow. Exactly right. Anyway, then your IA will be a historical investigation, which is basically you write about sources to answer a question. So your prescribed subjects, there are five. Military leaders, conquest and its impact, the move to global war, rights and protests, conflict and intervention. And the textbook is actually really small, which I'm quite surprised, but I haven't opened it. And I probably think the words are tiny. So, you yeah. probably think the words are tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, for his okay, I'll talk about the readings later because the readings for history are horrendous. Anyway, so then the world history topics the twelve are society and economy. Hey, economics. Nope. <laughs> Causes and effects of medieval wars. So that one is the the Jewish battle. There's mm-hmm. a Jewish battle. Then there's dynasties and rulers, which is your Qing dynasty and whatnot. Japan? Your, yeah, Japan, Japan also, Korea. Japan also, Korea. Blue Then societies in transition. I don't know what that one is. Early modern states. Oh, that's a geography by history. It's population, con- it's population and trends. Oh my gosh, I learned urbanization for history last year. It was so bad. <laughs> anyway, anyway causes and effects of early modern wars. Oh, I, said, I think that one is the American Revolution. Ah. Yeah. Origins, development, and impact of industrialization. To up to 2005. Yeah. yeah. So then we have your independence <laughs> movements. And then your evolution and development of democratic states, which is the one I'm doing. Then you have your authoritarian state, which is like the other country. one I'm doing. Causes and effects of 20th century wars, and then the Cold War, superpower tensions and rivalries. Anyway, <laughs> so then we have the study of one prescribed. So for HL, we have an additional study of three sections from one HR regional option. So for your HR options, you have the history of Africa and the Middle East, Ooh. history of the Americas, history of Asia and Oceania, and history of Europe. I think for HR, they chose history of Europe. Hmm. So Asian people learn nothing about Asia like usual. Yeah, yeah. basically. But then again, Asia's history is very like vast. It's unimportant. Yeah. Like you have Southeast Asia and Southeast Asia is already so much. Like so many things. Oh, and all the Americans will do history of the Americas because they probably learned it already. True. So then for your SL, your assessments are paper one, which is a source-based paper set on the prescribed subject. So let's say if you chose um, authoritarian states or like evolution evolution uh, of democratic states then you'll do it on that and oh yeah the move to global world, and then you'll do your paper one on that it'll be one of the topics or the subtopics so then there'll be your paper one it'll be one hour and maximum mark is 24 so yes fun paper and then two? paper two is an essay paper you have to write two essays in one hour 30 minutes so you have Same. 45 minutes for each essay and each essay, that, yeah. And each essay is fifteen marks, and people don't usually get more than 
eight for each essay. That sounds like geography or something. That's so. very scary, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I am quite proud of myself. I got 10 for my essays. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Southwest yes, is no praise. Southwest is no praise. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay, but to go into paper one, right? Paper one is very, 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 very different from O levels. So, you know how O levels you have all your like. SBQ questions like oh inference inference with purpose I don't know what else uh. then oh, reliability yes. hybrid questions oh yeah in IB there are no hybrid questions so y'all can like pat yourself on the back for that one and there are three short answer questions so basically they'll ask you to look at the source and copy out certain parts of the source to put in your full scat paper and then that gives you like at least five marks really yeah and then the other, then these short answer questions is followed by a comparison question which I know sounds easy, but it is not, especially since you only have one hour for this paper oh. and you have to answer like everything. So you, for history papers, you not only have to write fast, you have to think fast. And yeah, so most of the time you write like very, very bad answers, but somehow they accept it because the IB is quite linear when it comes to these answers, I think. So after think? The, yeah, I think, I think. So after your comparison question, you have a... Uh, what do you have? You have... Um, Pain, suffering. Let me give yeah, you a bit of time to think. Small interjection. When it comes to geography and history, it is generally recommended that you have taken it or at least like experienced it in the lower levels in secondary school because coming into IB will just be a much, like a very big extension or even like, it's just really difficult compared to secondary school. And if you can't even handle secondary school level, I don't think you should come to IB with uh, history or geography. It's an extremely hard topic. And true. They, generally, they, they say like in the beginning, if you're choosing a group four, a group three subject, and you want you're considering geography or history, you can do it even if you have not you done it. You can do it, but it's very much not recommended. Yeah. Because it is even for experienced geographers and historical buffs, it is really hard. And I felt like, even if you know your content, there are time restrictions and it is not an easy paper to cope with. You need to develop a lot of skills to pick and techniques to pick up along the way, alongside all of your other IB requirements. So, I mean, Econs is a much more entry-level friendly subject compared to history and geography. Yeah, which is why you see like majority of people taking either Econs SL or HL as their group three subject. Anyway, so I, I finally thought of the thing. It's limited limitation and value. So that's the that's the third type of question, which is basically you have to see whether the source is limited in what way and how, and how whether the source is valuable in what way and how. Valuable. Yeah. So like useful. Doesn't that just sound like reliability? It's a merge of reliability and usefulness. Usefulness, right? Yeah. Then comparison is your usual comparison, but. Your comparisons have to be good. And it has to be and you can't compare purpose. You have to compare like based solely on the content of the source itself. So yeah. What about your HR? You got like one extra paper, right? Yeah, the HR is one. No, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay, okay, so the last question is your testing assertion question. Wow, so for this one, they'll give you like a statement and then you have to answer it based with all the sources. And basically what my history teacher told us to do was write a mini essay about it. So you have like a one-line introduction. Then you have with your thesis and whatnot, what you want to talk about and why. So to answer the question. Then you have paragraphs to answer the question using the sources as your evidence. And you also have to use your own knowledge. So you actually have to study for paper one, which is quite unfortunate. I'm pretty sure you have to study for everything in IB. Nope, I disagree. So, okay. I didn't study for my practice paper one and somehow I got an 18 out of 24. So, okay. Okay. Okay, flex. Casual flex. 
Thank you. Sorry, Vabs. So anyway, sorry, we're not, we're not so smart. Okay, we're okay, gonna sorry, be like in this sorry, corner sorry. over here. So you also have your IA for history, which I'll go into later, but it's a historical investigation. I'll explain what it is later. So for your HL, HL history students. Wow, why? What's like a friend that we know uh, that is putting himself through a lot of pain. <laughs> he keeps complaining to me that he's getting seven. And I'm like, huh? no, seven out of 15 for his essay. Oh. oh. And I'm like, haha, I got 10. I'm kidding, I'm not that mean, I'm not that mean, I didn't say that. But then again, he's, he's not taking that mean, he's HL. Yeah, he's taking HL. So yeah, no, he, he asked me to proofread his essay, you know. Bro. <laughs> anyway, so paper three, you have an essay, you have basically another essay paper. I don't really know much about this, because I don't take HL history, but I think it should be around the same as paper two. So like, the same two questions. Uh, it says here that it's on the or one of the four HL compulsory content. Yeah, so, which is the one that I said just now. So like yeah. history, it's probably gonna be history of Europe if you're, yeah, if you're here. Mm. Anyway. So, what uni and career pathways can you take? There's only one. It's law. Yeah, uh, you can become a historian. Or a historian, law or a historian. That's historian true. who writes a bunch of creative story books. Uh, anyway, so now we have law. So law. My teacher, okay, it's not a requirement, but it's good to have if you're gonna if you want to do law, because you know how um, lawyers have to look at all like all the evidence. Then in this way, your evidence are your sources, so you have to analyze each of your evidences and come up with a case. That sort of thing. So that's what my history teacher said. So if you want to do law, history is good, but it's only a requirement if you want to be a historian. I so for SL is twenty five percent, for HL is twenty percent. It's 20 hours and you do one RQ. So you make up an RQ. It can be on anything like in, in the world. Because the IB history service is quite broad. You only do like certain parts of it. So it can be anything. I think most people usually do the Spanish Civil War, which is quite interesting. Ooh. Yeah. So basically it's that and you just have to find sources and you have to analyze each source and how they answer your RQ. It's basically a glorified history essay. Yeah, with sources. So you know the last question of testing assertion is basically that, but it's a full essay with sources as your evidences. Yeah, it's quite interesting. If you're wondering there's no literature on the group three humans, you have to look at our group one episode where we talk about how literature is part of our studies in language and literature. So yes, there's Wait, no literature I've for this. So for history, there's something called history readings. Which mm. is basically how you get all your content. And each week, you'll get at least 30 pages of history readings. So, right now, I am four readings behind. Oh, so, no. as you can imagine, I have about 60 pages of history readings to do. And it's very fun. I'm not crying. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we have the holidays, right? I mean, what's the holidays except for catching up on work? Yes, that's so true. I need to catch up on my bio. <laughs> Okay, that reminds me. Speaking of historical readings, history readings are how you form your case studies, right? No. Really? They, get, you, they give you your content. Oh, it's just no like a textbook. Studies. Yeah, it's just textbook. Okay, for geography, I, th I assume history is the same also. Case studies will not be given to you the same way how you can find them in your geography textbook and find all of the data points and sets or whatever you need to write in your essay. You are going to have to go and Google everything yourself. Find out all of your data points that you need and you won't even know if you have all of the data points or not. You basically just go in there, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Keep the ones that stick and after just carry them over into the next exam and pray and pray you get a seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how case studies work. Basically. So you know how in an essay you have their points, right? Mm-hmm. You have to make up your own points. They only give you the evidence. They don't give you the. You points. don't even know what things you need. No, I yeah. don't even get the evidence. We have to craft our own evidence and our own points. How you craft your own evidence? They give me. They give us all the readings with all the evidence. You have to Google for your own evidence. So you have to find your own articles, and you won't even know if you have enough evidence or not. Everything is flying over my head. Don't know what you guys are talking about. Yes, econ's child. It's econ's okay. child. Imagine reading 1,000 articles for economics then using that as a real-life example. That's geography and history. Yay. Yay. I love history. I love geography. Learn about the banana shortage of the world. Banana. Banana. Because I'm a monkey. Can you stop? <laughs> okay, anyway. So that's econs, geography, and history in a nutshell. Yes. In and a banana shell. If you think you... Banana okay, peel. I think like, if you compare this to A-levels, like there are some subject combis under the art stream that is like Helm or Gelm. What's right? Helm or Gelm? Helm is like... History, uh, H2, econs... He, history, econs, literature, sure, and then and like then math. math. Oh, so that's why they call it Helm. Yeah, yeah. and then they call it Gelm. It's like it replaced history with geography. geography. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to be a... Like, if you want the IB version of that, it, you have to be like him and take like geography and econs as your two humans. But you have to take at least one. So, yes, that's it. I think that's about it. I love it. the IB. You I love, love IB. IB. I love coming to school. I love coming to school. Hello. I love sleeping at 6.40am to wake up at 7. Yay. Yay. Wait, we don't even have school. Why are you sleeping at 6.40am? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm screaming at 640. Okay, anyway, is that that's all we it. have to say? Actually, that's it for oh. this. This one is actually very short compared to the others. Oh, it's very short because you can't explain it. The only way you can do yeah, it is you, to you only can experience grind. it. Yeah, you need to yeah. get True. into the grind of it all. Any advice for anybody who's looking to take, say, geography or history, HRSL? Uh, you might want to train writing essays and like with 10, 10 minute buffer timings and break your arm very consistently get used to the f- get used to breaking your arm you need to train dexterity in your fingers and make sure that you didn't lose blood flow because you're going to be writing a oh lot my gosh. I remember like so just like right 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 then like you will stop because your head cramp halfway and then I'll do oh no you have to continue you don't no, yeah. Yeah, this, no, no, you no, don't no, have time to do you that you don't have time to do that in my, my social studies like through the pain right through the pain <laughs> no what you do is instead of shaking up and down you shake it while you're writing <laughs> I think your writing just goes strange it doesn't matter as oh, long as it's readable do you have that issue like as you write your words become one line oh yeah Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most written comment among all of my essays are illegible, illegible, where do you learn how to write? Illegible, illegible, handwriting, illegible, illegible. Okay, another thing you need to practice is you need to um practice how to write legibly when you're writing fast. No, or at least make no. like your letters be able to be recognized. Right big. Yeah. You know this is one of those topics, I mean one of those subjects where like when the teacher says you shouldn't type out your notes and you should write out your notes, that is actually a pretty solid advice, but I'm still going to type it regardless because it looks no. neater. Yeah, the typing is nicer. I always type nicer out my history Because notes. my handwriting is ugly. No, you type it out because there's so much content that you can't write everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best part. If you take this subject and you like, um, if you're old-fashioned and you need handwritten notes, make sure you buy like 10 C-ring binders or more because you're going to need all of it. Yeah. For because I think like, Notes in class It's best if you take it with hand Because then you can draw the diagrams But if you are talking about notes That you prepare for exam Type it out So one tip for geography And econs or history Basically the group 3 subjects Unlike group 4 Where you can actually follow The class pace and the syllabus 
I think that a great advice for group three is to read ahead, honestly. Yes. Because oh. even if you make notes for a whole entire chapter ahead, you're still probably not going to understand anything that happens in lesson. So it's like, you need triple reinforcement. You read it first, you go to lesson and you understand a bit, then you go home and you consolidate your app, consolidate all of your resources. Now, if you go to exam and you find out that all of your resources are wrong and you have false confidence heading into that econs exam and you failed. Um, for history, right? You don't actually learn anything during lesson. Oh, great. You oh, learn wow. everything outside of lesson. Self-study periods. So basically, you have to rely on your reading, readings heavily. And I, I suggest, right, for history, learn how to think fast, learn how to analyze the source faster. Because, yeah, you're going to have to. And it's you need to learn stressful. how to cherry pick details. Don't look at everything. Just look at the... Just look at the important things and No, no, you have to look at the details because the details give you the answer. No, don't look at everything. Just look at the prominent ones and like. See, the one that's sticking geography. No, you have to look at the details because the answer is in the details. You can't just gloss over the details. No, I mean, I only use the details that are important. Don't go and look at every single thing and analyze every single thing. Just grab the stuff that. Just grab enough points for yourself. No, no, but the points come in the insignificant details. Okay, 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 okay. Let's agree to disagree. Maybe some people are like different experiences. Okay. Resources that you could possibly use. History, you need to go to the supermarket and buy boxes of tissues and a bunch of water bottles to go and hydrate yourself after crying. And you need to beg your teacher for readings if she doesn't give you any. For economics, you have this YouTube channel called Econs Pal Dell. E-C-O-N-S-P-A-L-D-A-L. Just search Econs Ivy. I'm pretty sure it's one of the first few Yeah, it's just this person of really an good? Indian persuasion standing in front of a whiteboard drawing a bunch of graphs. But he's really graphs. good. He's, he's really insane. Good. He's really good. He's really Most good. of your... Oh, he does A-levels as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, Econs oh. is important for you to look at the world around you, especially for your IA. So like read newspaper. If you have Straits Times Telegram, go read those stuff even though I have it and I don't read it. Um, nice. You should read it because it will help in your understanding of how Econs is applied in your everyday life. It also help like you know chicken prices in Malaysia now. Yeah, you can actually understand what's going on because of that. Like, yeah, I understand yeah. what what they're talking about. But yes, you will learn about these stuff and you realize, hey, why is my chicken rice plate going from three dollars to four dollars? Hey, you can apply econs theory here. So yes, this is not recommended. But for econs, if you do have an iPad, you can yes. use this software. I don't know how you're going to get it. It's up to you. But you can use this software called Good Notes where you can actually draw your graphs and I've had to save it and transport it all over. Disclaimer, you need an Apple Pencil. No, you do you not. There are a like bunch me. of styluses that work. Or you can be yeah. like me, do handwritten notes. Yeah, but then... You have to write fast and usually I write quite fast. No, but that's the thing, right? But geography, any tips? Uh, geography, any tips? At the start of every single unit, your teacher should release these um, unit slides, which will be about 100 pages long. You want to gloss through the first like 70 pages for content. And then afterward, you the last 30 pages should probably be case studies that you're supposed to copy down and if I go and find more information on. One great disparity is that the slides content and the organization will be very different from the geography textbook organization. So a good advice would be case studies can actually be consolidated per unit. So for example, um, let's say geophysical hazards. Tohoku 2011, Japan, it was a mega earthquake. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, sorry. It's a mega earthquake that was a disaster, right? 
And so you can use it to talk about the formation of earthquakes, the dangers and hazards and risks that these earthquakes bring about, and also what solutions you can bring about to go and mitigate these earthquakes, um, mitigate the hazards and have it, like, the effectiveness of these solutions. So you can use one whole entire event, geological event, for the whole entire case study across the unit. And it is advisable to do it with others so that you can pile in as much information as possible and after you can have peer reviews and after uh, you can make sure that you have all of the information you need while getting rid of all of the unnecessary things. In IB truly the people in your classes are your best friends. You need help. Just you need help. <laughs> yeah. Just cooperate and ask with yeah. ask other people. I'm You're not so the only one suffering. Oh yes, oh yes. History. Make compiled notes with your class. Mm. Yeah. It's very vital. Just do it, please. Just do it. I think econs don't really need uh, Okay, need, good for need, you. Need. Econs. Formatting doesn't exist in econs. What you do is you go into lesson, you write the date of the of, of, of the econs lesson, then you just type out your notes and that's it. You're done. You go lesson by lesson. There's no point formatting. I don't know. I, I, I don't like compiled notes, personally. It's possible to survive without notes sharing with other people. For econs, yes. Yes. For geography and history, I think, since it's so content-heavy, no, yes. you cannot survive. You yeah, cannot survive. I think you will need that compiled 60 notes. 60-page of readings every week. Are you kidding me? But yes. 1,000-page long textbook? Mine's 500. But you have history readings and I have case studies. We yeah. both have our own content stuff to cry about. Bring thrice if you're Okay, but the, but the thing is, right, a standard level humanities is a bad idea in mm-hmm. general. It's a horrible idea. Except for econs. Econs is fine. Econs, standard level econs is fine. Standard level history and geography, you basically learn nearly as much, but like, it's a standard level, so it's kind of eh. It's like not worth it. So don't be me. It's don't not use. I mean, it's, it's kind of... Only take the subject like really in the future. Yeah, only take the subject you really love it. Because in the future, if you want to use any humanities, they kind of discredit standard level and call it the slower level. You need to go for the higher level subjects. Okay, this is all to all my science students. Uh, I know most of you are going to take like two HL sciences and probably HL math or something, right? PCM. Uh, yeah. But then, okay, so only take the humanities SL that you love. Mm. If not, you're going to suffer. If you're like me and you took literature, go for cons because you will suffer with digging geography and history because of the content. So what I did, right, after year four, I went to look at the econs textbook because I was considering taking either econs or history. I looked at the econs textbook. I read the first page. Then I'm like, okay, nope, this is not for me. This first page is the most boring page you chose. Uh, I know, I, I flipped to the middle. I, after I read the first thing, I flipped to the middle. I was like, can I understand what this is? Demand, supply... Okay, no, the graphs are very daunting. When you first look at it, you see like 10 lines together and you need to understand and be able to explain how all of those lines and different data set points work. It's very, very demanding. But the thing is that, for example, in your market, you have different factors like demand and supply and you'll be taught demand and supply separately before combining it together and it will make sense that way. So economics is one of those subjects where you cannot skip chapters. You have to go mm-hmm. 1.1 to 1.2 to 2.2 to 2.3. You have to go step by step. I know I, I missed the count. I can't count, okay? Yeah, but uh-huh. it is very like, they lay the foundation very early on. So follow your teacher. Your teacher should have a very even pace of learning. And you, they'll build on top of the previous knowledge. Like what our econ teacher says, your questions that they were asked in the exams, they were comprised of all the chapters. They can take some from two, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, and form it into one question. So, 
Because like we said previously, macroeconomics, I mean, macroeconomics is markets. And macroeconomics is a combination of all those markets together. So macroeconomics is really just a bigger version of macroeconomics. And global economics is just a bunch of macroeconomics combined together. Everything boils down to microeconomics. And you need to have extremely strong foundation at every single level. And you need to build it up slowly. You cannot skip ahead of topic. You can't have any gaps in your knowledge. You need to know everything because everything will come back to be tested on. And after that, you need to know all of it even topics that you wouldn't expect. For example, in the middle of like preferences and demand and supply, they'll suddenly ask you, what influences consumer behaviors? And you're going to be like, oh no, I thought this topic was useless and I didn't study for it. What <sighs> questions are you doing? Uh? <laughs> How come I never see that one? 2.6. Everybody oh. thought 2.6 is useless. Oh, right, critiquing market behavior. Yes. Uh, market behavior. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I want to talk about because I am so done with humanities. I don't want to. What's the, uh. That's it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for coming on another episode of IB. What's going on? And we hope to see you next episode. I'm Heather. I'm Aiden. I'm Math. You're Greg. Stop it. And let's hope the mermaid is here next time. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. We'll see you. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by the IB What's Going On team composed of Aiden, Gregory, Ariel, Ethan, Darren and Heather. Please like, share and subscribe. Thank you very much.